Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. That's the word of the Lord. I think we miss some of this, right? Like we've let go of some of the maybe liturgies of the past where we just read the word and let the word wash over us. And a lot of times it's encapsulated in all these really cool things and and, you know, it's really good to be home. I have been traveling for months um, with the privilege of sharing about discipleship and um, it just duly tired at moments. And, um, but I, on Wednesday, I got to sit in with the youth and I watched Carrick. Um, if you don't know Carrick, who's the guy singing, um, just deliver this incredible message to these teens who are energetic beyond sometimes measure but just such life in the room. But in our travels, we've experienced all kinds of different ways that people practice faith. And I've been reminded that some of the things that maybe we've forgotten hold some really great strength. And one of those is just the power of reading the word. And, and so I know Evan, our friend from Propel Church, has been filling in while, while I've been gone. And I'm so thankful for that. And then when I've been back, we've been looking at the Psalms. And each week, when we look at a psalm, we've been reading it and just trying to let it just wash over us. Um, there's just such power in that. And I, and I just love it. I love it. And so I want to say Merry Christmas. And I want to say I'm glad to be back. And I like the lights and the season and everything else. I just want to ask you to just join me for a minute talking to our Father. Uh, God, I just I am so thankful for who you are how you hold us, how you care for us, the hope that you provide for us. I know for me, um, when I face the stress of work or travel or family, your promises come true. They, they don't always seem to get fulfilled when I think they should. But you are steadfast. And again and again, I look around me and I see you doing these incredible things, which makes this psalm just grab a hold of me. The idea of just stopping to praise your wonderful name. And Father, I pray, um, I'm just so thankful for the way that you've forgiven the people in this room, all of us, for you paved a road to us being free from shame and regret and to waking up each day um, spiritually alive. I'm not sure that life has gotten any easier, but it's sure smarter. It's sure better. And the darkest valleys that we may face, we face them with a different hope and a different joy and a different strength in the middle of sometimes sorrow and pain. And man, are the mountaintops higher. So we just want to thank you for being God. We, and we sing, bless the Lord, O my soul. 
And a lot of times I think we translate that into, you know, bless me. But really, God, we're, we just bless you. We, we just praise you for creating the heavens and the earth, for giving us a roof over our head, for sending a Savior, for showing us um, a somewhat motley crew of people, broken and uh, some abandoned, who found a common thing in you, which is acceptance and love, connection and empowerment. So bless your name. What better time? It's Christmas. Everybody's thinking about Jesus. But bless your name. 365 days a year, Father. Thanks. Um, It is Christmas. (laughs) I I keep thinking Christmas is next weekend, and Tim keeps correcting me going, don't don't say that. Like, we need another extra week to get ready. Amazon hasn't delivered all his packages, and, um, and, and the band is still practicing because... Yeah, Christmas is special. I mean, it's just a day. We get that. It's probably not the day he was really born. In fact, we know that and all. But it doesn't matter. We've set this. We pick this time. We, we, we as human beings pick this time. As people of faith, we've adopted, inherited, stolen maybe this time. And, 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 and we celebrate it as, you know, the birth of Christ when we remember that happening, right? And it's a fun time, too. There's a tons of gifts family gets together. That's not always fun. It's challenging. A little extra prayer time in there. But the point is, is it's just like, it's so cool in the morning you get up and the dogs get up and it's like dark outside and we click on the Christmas tree, go for the walk, come back and I sit down to start working and I turn the fireplace on. I turn the fireplace on. Where, what have we gotten to, right? Um, I turn the fireplace on and, and we hang out. But in the middle of all that, um, I'm kind of thankful this year. You know, my travel schedule ended, like, right at the beginning of December, and so I get to be here, and I've just made it my, I'm going to spend time with Amber, and I'm going to spend time with my family, and spend time with kids, and so I've just tried to slow things down, even though there's a thousand things to be done. It's a busy season, isn't it? It's a busy season, like, um, it's party, 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 I mean, it was all fun stuff. But it's like, when do we get to just sit down? I mean, next weekend, we have to go and play football against the youth and kill them again. I mean, it's every, yeah, it's every single day, and it's shopping, and what do you get people, and should you get people, and are we too materialistic, and ah, it's just a busy, busy season. And so, um, even amidst all that fun, and amidst all that busyness, I kind of come back to what an incredible season for us, though, right? Like a season where we just set aside and remember this God who became flesh to deliver us from shame and from regret and from sin and from feeling like garbage about ourselves and from like not having hope. I mean, that's the message of the whole Bible, right? Cover to cover. If you just take out all the religion and you just look at the Bible, it is the story of God and man, the history of God and man. And like the first 10 pages, we're good. We're in the garden, everything's awesome, and then we botch it. The rest of it is this entire story of God trying to get us to come back, to stay with. He wants us to live this incredibly abundant life. I mean, what a great time to celebrate like the birth of this king who was like the, he was like the crystallizing of this whole thing, the entire plan when God came in flesh, born of a virgin, Right? I mean, that's just, that's just Christmas. 
And so it's, it's through Christ that I experience, through that relationship, through that belief, through him saving me, that I get to be free from shame. And I get to be free from ongoing sin. Like I, I, I learn that I don't have to do things that aren't productive for me. And I learn things that are incredibly productive for me, right? Like, and I have this incredible family that I inherit because there are other believers too. Like it's just such an awesome time to just do it. I, I think my, maybe one of my favorite things about Christ coming, being born, growing up, providing salvation is that I found salvation too from myself. Does that resonate with anybody? Like I found salvation just from me from the things that maybe I did that were harmful to me or the things I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and, and as I was sitting, kind of looking at the Christmas tree and my beautiful, wonderful wife and the dogs were being annoying and the fireplace had been turned on, I just kind of thought, you know, I just really want to embrace this moment. And that's what Psalm 98 is all about. Psalm 98 is all about when we should stop and embrace the moment. So when this psalm was written, it's embracing a very specific idea or moment, which is the psalmist is stepping back and he's writing. These are literally songs, songs that Jesus knew, songs he could probably sing, songs David sung, song the choir sung, songs that were sung from here. I don't know if this one's ever been put to music, but if not, it should be. It's just a song of thanksgiving for salvation, of the coming of Christ. And, and it's just this call to the whole earth, rocks, trees, rivers, everybody to worship God. To just stop and embrace the moment. Like, stop and realize. And we've all had those little epiphanies, right? But then we live in a busy world. Come on, right? We got school, we got distractions, we got all kinds of stuff. And God will give us one of those little glimpses and we're like, oh, God, so cool. And 10 minutes later, we're going on to the next thing. I wonder what would happen if we stopped to write a song like this. I love how it opens. It's like, sing to the Lord a new song, for he's done marvelous things. Like, I just love that. Like, is that, like, that, talk about embracing the moment. Like, that's a look back, right? For all of those, everybody who believes, look at me. Yeah, nod. If you really believe in God, when's the last time you went back and, like, photo albumed your faith? You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. I had one of those today. I was sharing with the, the staff at breakfast today in between the two services, and I was, we were just having breakfast. It was really, uh, it was not par. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I want their business to thrive, but they need, to, they need to make better gravy. But I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, guys, I just I had this whole thing where I just have just stopped, and I realized this morning while I was in the shower it seems like where I talk to God a lot. And I was just realized in the shower on Wednesday, I had prayed that God would give me an answer for some challenges that, that we just face. They're not bad, like not spiritual, but tactical challenges. We're a small congregation that has been burdened to start and get out there and to, to give everybody in Akron the opportunity to at least know that Jesus exists. And we're trying to figure out how to do that. We, we get being saved. We get community it's solid, strong, it's awesome. It's all those things on the wall, right? But it's that idea of like, and, it, and God went like this. Saturday, we had a staff meeting, and in about 35, 30 or 45 minutes, God answered 90% of all the tactical challenges. It, and, and I realized this morning, he answered my prayer. 
but I had to get here. I didn't have time to stop and write a song. But when's the, when's the last time we just kind of look back and said, you know, God, look at all you've done for me. Like I'm looking at kids and their parents, right? Kids, kids, I know some of the young people around here, and I know my kids have watched me become a better person. If they were looking at a photo, I'm like, God's really fixing some stuff in dad, right? And then, I, and then we had the opportunity to go out and see Isaac. You know, now he's a, a lighting director for a pretty big theater, I guess, you know, and all that. And we saw his work and everything else, and it was all cool. He's really good at what he does. But what we all noticed, and Isaac's my son, our son, and what, what we noticed was that Isaac is returning back. He's swinging back towards his, his biblical faith that we raised him in. He didn't go do anything terrible, but you know, like it's becoming and he's owning himself and he's peaceful. And that brings such joy to any parent's heart, right? Like, oh God, they're getting it, right? When's the last time that we stop and we just flip back through the photo album? So I just love how it is. Sing to the Lord a new song, not, not the same old song, but a new song for all the marvelous things that he's done. And then here's the announcement. Like the most marvelous is this. The Lord has made his salvation known. He revealed his righteousness to the nations. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. If you get this psalm, this is not true at this moment. This is such a prophetic word from the psalmist. Even though God has shown his spirit and his strength through Israel and the people of Israel, this hasn't happened yet. Not entirely, but he did at Christmas. Do you get it? Like, so I'm reading the psalm and I'm just like getting more and more. I love how it starts. Sing a new song of the marvelous things he did. And the most marvelous is this. Everybody in this room has had the opportunity to see a virgin give birth to a child who grew up, who was a king, who gave his life so we could all be forgiven. And I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. The whole earth has seen now. I mean, I really think we need to go out to Ackworth and we need to make sure that everybody we meet without making them project just because we care because we want them to have what we have, the freedom that we found, knows. They know this, they, they see this. But arguably, it would be very difficult for anyone to say they haven't seen the salvation of the Lord come. At least anybody who knows about Christmas, right? Because there's only two characters in Christmas, right? Santa and Jesus. And almost everybody's heard about one of them, if not both of them. And then there's that little elf guy, shelf elf man. And I love kind of the why that's behind all this. Why did he send this great salvation? Verse 3 says this, he's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. To the people of God, he made a promise that salvation would come. And so here's our God, again, never forgetting his word, coming through, showing salvation, making it available to everybody, and then comes the call, and anybody who's a worship leader right now should be like, I want to come sing a song, right? The call for everything in creation to just stop and do what? Embrace the moment and worship him. And here's the words. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth burst into jubilant song with music, let the sea resound, and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing for joy. This is an incredible call. 
for the entire planet to look up and recognize God. And I always, I, I, I kind of miss when I taught youth like a million years ago because they were easily fascinated by things, and I am too. Like the chair that you're sitting in, how did it come to be? I mean, who came up with folding chairs? Thank God they did. They store well. And these ones I particularly like because they got a little bit of give to them, right? And they're white. And they're not cold. And they're not metal. But how did the chair come to be? When you trace it all the way back, the stuff that makes up that chair and the brain that invented the machine that makes the chair and the people who put the chair together, all of them come from God, from the Father. Okay, this is this call to be fascinated just at the salvation, at the creation, that all that God has brought. And then these words. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. That phrase caught me when I was reading. I wish I could sing, but when I, I wasn't singing it. I don't know the tune, and I probably can't make one up. But when I was reading that, this caught my attention because it reminded me of this incredible story from Luke chapter 2, you know, the whole Christmas story with Luke. And, and, and the cool part is, is this, is that he actually did make it known. So we have this prophetic kind of announcement and this they already know that God's salvation. He's shown himself through Israel. He's shown his glory over Israel. This is Old Testament. But it's also this prophetic thing. But this prophetic thing actually comes true in Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story. So watch what happens. The shepherds are out, right? The shepherds are out in their fields. They're at work. So you're putting in alarm systems. You're managing something. You're at school. They're just in their normal flow. And all of a sudden, and we assume it's you know night, right, and everything else, but it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, they're surrounded by this whole host of heavenly beings, angels. And here's what they hear. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do you hear the announcement to the world? Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, they knew what that meant because for, like, you know, Thousands of years, people have been waiting for the Savior, the one who would deliver them, who would restore their hearts back to God. This is a big deal. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. So just stop right there and park it. You're out there. They're in the field. All of a sudden, ah! glory shows around him, and the message they get is what? Salvation has come to earth. Why did he announce it to shepherds? We have no idea. We could postulate all those cute Christmas messages. It doesn't matter. He made this announcement. But what fascinates me is what happens. The announcement is made. And can't you see yourself like, did I eat something weird? (laughs) Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Could you imagine being in that moment? Just being in that moment and all of a sudden, like right now we're sitting here and all of a sudden it's like God pulls off the blinders and there's a bunch of angels sitting in the rafters with their feet hanging down and they begin to sing to us, glory to God in the highest 
peace on earth. I mean, I'm jealous. Just being honest, whenever I read this, I'm like, dude, I wish I could have been there to see the angels, to see the glory, to hear the angels speak to me. That, that would be cool. But every time I read this story, and when I was reading Psalm, I was 98, I was back to the same thing. I'm fascinated by what happens next. So what happens next is this. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, how that happened, I have no idea, but pretty cool. The shepherds said to one another, I, like, I wish they had inserted the word duh here. Duh. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which is the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Why does this fascinate me so much? I think it fascinates me so much because I wonder if I would have done that. I mean, I think I would have. I would have been so overwhelmed, right? What did they do? Like they put down their cell phones. They walked off the job. They left the sheep. They left the work. They heard that salvation had come and they went to go check it out. Everything in their world stopped and they headed off to see what God had done. The evidence of what he had said. And then they do this other incredible thing. And when they had seen him, Jesus, they spread word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. So not only did they embrace the moment, in the moment, the fact that they stopped and they got to see this incredible moment, but then they went and they left everything, I mean, checked out on their calendars to be and see what God had done. And then this natural, very natural result for them was then what? To tell everybody the Messiah had come. Stop, check it out, go tell everyone. Reminds me of that song, right? Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, right? And I remember when I got saved. I was in my mid-20s and I got saved. Anybody who would listen, that's what they heard. Do we embrace the moment now? The response that the shepherds had to this announcement to the whole world. The response that the psalmist had when he wrote the song makes me just kind of ask, will I stop to worship him this Christmas? I mean, I tell you my objectives, right? Back from the road, spend time with the family, right? Connect with them, sit in front of the fireplace. It just doesn't feel like a fireplace. Be with you guys. Christmas Eve service, can't wait. But have I just stopped to just worship him, to say, you know, I know it should be every day, and hopefully it is every day, because I'm very much aware of you, and I pray to you. I'm not a bad person. I'm always talking to you. I'm studying my word. But, I mean, will I just stop from all the shopping and the partying and everything at some point and just go, I just want to embrace this moment. Like, if we're going to celebrate this as your deck, I just, you know, So, I mean, it just the depths of my soul. I kind of wonder if 
I would have done what the shepherds did? They're not being hard on myself. I'm just saying, I, just, I think I would. But then I think back to things and moments where I've seen God work, but I was getting ready at work and I had to rush down the hallway or I began to see a glimmer of God doing something, but I read this on my calendar. I, I get the opportunity to be in a discipleship group and I whine about it a lot to Amber. I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, go. Because you know you go and he's going to light a fire in you. I don't, could that be an internal war? Could that be I'm just too busy and tired? Could that be because I think my schedule and the people that I wanted to see, maybe, you know, what it, I don't know what it is, but I know that, that I know that when I go, do you get it? Like, so the shepherds had to go where he was working. The shepherds had to believe what he said about where he's working, what he'd done. And so I guess it's just kind of my question is like, you know, as I kind of just spend this month, and I, I, there is a little more focus on Jesus. I mean, not in my daily life, not in my reading, but I mean, it's just, you know, there's Jesus everywhere this time of year, right? And it's just kind of that, you know, hey, Doug, in the coming year, I, I want to think that I see him working, but have you ever caught yourself maybe so busy and you hear about some incredible thing that happened? And you're like, why, how'd I miss that? Yeah, so, so I think I would, but I kind of want to make sure I do. And so for me, the best way sometimes when I face a challenge like that is to look back at my calendar in my life for the last, whatever, year. How many times did I see him work and did, did I ever miss one? I mean, I don't want to beat myself up. I just like, just be aware. Like, I don't want to miss it. Then I need to have my eyes open, right? And, and, and am I doing the things that he, I know he's always going to work. This is, it'd be my lifetime frustration in every church I visit, in any church I've been a part of. I don't get sometimes why people don't make time to get together. Don't, I'm not being hard. I'm just saying it doesn't work in my brain. Because when I walk through those doors, I, every time I walk through those doors, I expect God's going to do something. Like I'm going to hear something in your world or I'm going to meet a new friend or I'm going to see God answer a prayer or I'm going to see God heal somebody or I'm just going to learn something. But I'm going to have this moment with him. This is an embrace the moment moment. Like he says, when we gather together, the spirit is there. You know what I found? When I come here and it doesn't work for me, it's never him, it's me. Um, how about, the, how about the, this? Like, just reading the Bible. So, you know, sometimes you just get on autopilot, you're busting your chops, maybe you're writing a message, or you're leading a D group, so you're reading. But just picking up the Bible and reading it for you. I've been reading through Proverbs. And all I keep hearing is, wisdom's good, wisdom's good, wisdom's good, wisdom's good. That, and don't sleep with prostitutes. It's good. Right? She stands at the door and tries to call you, wisdom's good, run away as he personifies pretty much everything, the opposite of wisdom is a harlot. The places where he promises to work, right? Prayer. I have a friend facing a challenge and a change, and I say to her, why did you not tell us so we could all pray? Well, you know. So it's like, will we embrace those moments? Will we actually stop and be in those places? And, and I guess the message of Psalm 98 is, when we stop, 
the first thing we really do see is the glory of God and the power of salvation. And that just resonates with me for this season. But the question is, will I even stop to write that song? How cool would it be if we all this week stopped, went and got a don't throw the computer away, got a pen and paper, right, and just tried to write down the lyrics to a song to him. We just stopped to embrace the moment of what he'd done in our life. You know, we went to the uh, something, something museum in London on one of our travels and saw where like John Lennon had pinned the words to, you know, whatever. And I was like, God, that's so cool. But, but where's our napkin? Like, what would it be like if this Christmas and this coming year, I was so looking for him and so ready to pitch my schedule because I really think at the core of this, that's what it comes down to. You know, there's three things that derail us in our walk with God. Many of you heard this a thousand times, but just here it is, a, an inoculation, right? Think about it. What derails our walk with God? Money, family, and pride. In that family category, I think for you, if you're, if you're single or your family's far away, you could just put calendar, schedule, all that stuff, all those commitments. And I love here that the shepherds walked away from what they were doing when they heard from God. And so I guess my, um, my challenge for the season and maybe into the new year is that we be willing to pitch our calendars to find God. Pitch our calendars to experience God. Even if that means we have to get rid of some activities in our lives. Like, how bad does Doug want to see the angels? How badly do I want to embrace the moment? And it's not a negative thing if you're like, oh, uh, no, it's just that, like, it's a call to just reality of like, seriously, will we, when the angel shows up or the moment happens, stop and take it all in and then respond? Because I think one of the greatest privileges we have as human beings created on this earth is that he loves us, he died for us, his spirit is here, and he longs to show himself to us. That is his promise. So what would happen if I said, God, I want to see you in my day. I just want to see you. I don't need you to do anything for me. I just want to see you. I don't know, I think it's a good word. It's a good word for me, and I hope it affects you. I hope it causes you to just stop and take a breath. Not, I'm not talking about against the busyness of the season. Who cares? Buy gifts, go to parties, have fun. I, I'm over everybody, you know, bah, rah, rah, bah, Christmas. Like, just light a candle, go have fun, you know? But in the middle of it, let's think that, that, that we're celebrating the birth of of the Savior, the announcement to the whole world. What does that impact have for me? And how badly do I want to be there when the next announcement comes? How badly do I want to be in that place or at least available or when I hear about it to stop what I'm doing and go, which is what thousands did on that day. As the shepherds talked, they flocked to see this baby who was Jesus. And if you'll give me just one minute more, I've been allow me to be a shepherd to you. I walked on this earth for a long time without a healthy relationship with God, uh, disavowing him, trying other things, 
and sometimes just ignoring the whole thing. And I lived many years like that, sometimes even after salvation. And I just want to tell you um, from one shepherd to another, he is real. He did come. Yeah, he died. But the grave did not keep him down. He rose from it. And as much as I can never scientifically prove it, I can tell you, and there's other people in this room who can tell you, that faith in him put his spirit back in me, reunited me with God, and my life is super-duper incredible. Whether you're in school, whether you're at work, whether you're a mom, dad, no matter what you're our management, worker, it doesn't matter to me. Your best day where you are is going to be found by knowing him, stopping, embracing the moment, gathering of that wisdom, and then doing something with it. So just from one shepherd to another, I've seen, I've tasted, and I've heard. He's real. He loves you. And so if, you're, if, you, if you don't have a relationship with him or you kind of walked away or you're tied to religion, I'm fine. Good. I get it. I am too. And I have too. But you don't have to stay there. You can embrace this incredible moment just in your life of giving your life to him to find it restored. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for being real. And thank you for giving us these few minutes to stop and just embrace the moment surrounded in the season where we kind of focus on your birth. Let us remember the words, the Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. Thank you for what we call Christmas, where you told a bunch of smelly shepherds that Jesus was born. And thank you that they told us. Amen. Please remember the core message here, which is to embrace the moment. There's just times when we should stop and embrace the moment. With our family, with our church, with fellowship, with him. Don't miss it. Don't miss life. I know this is just a recapturing of stop and smell the roses, but stop and smell the roses, especially the ones that Jesus brings. Please have a great few minutes until we set up. <laughs>